the 11th chapter. Praise God. Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6. says, without faith it's impossible to please Him or please God. So tonight we'll talk about faith. Talk about faith. We'll talk about the ABCs of faith. Just the ABCs of faith. You know, I've run into a lot of people that, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they're not making contact with the power of God. And, uh, you know, you know it's God's will to heal, isn't it? And, uh, you know, you, you'll see folks again and again that, that you know, you know that it looks like they're doing everything they know to do and they're staying sick. So there's something wrong somewhere. Now, we're not trying to judge anybody here, but we all ought to judge ourselves, you know. And if we're not making contact, you know what I mean, with the power of God, then there's something, there's something wrong on our end. You know God doesn't miss it. So, you know, we're going to have to take a look at the subject of faith because it's faith, it, it's faith is what touches God, is what, is what draws the power of God. And without faith, you can't please Him. And so let's just look at some ABCs of faith and uh, let's see if we can... can uh, uh, it's always good to go back to the basics, you know. Um, I know that whenever I've wanted to go to a higher level in sports and do better, I've always went back to the basics and examined the basics of things. And then from there, I would, would rebuild my game and usually it would come out better. So let's go back and take a look at the ABCs of faith and then, and then you know, perhaps wind up better than we were to start with, okay? Now, faith is the substance. Look at verse 1 there, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, okay? So it gives us a Bible definition of what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so, it, you know, just to keep things very simple, you have to have hope before you can have faith. And there's a whole lot of people, they, they you know, try to start out in faith, and you can't start out in faith. You have to start out in hope. Hope is future, and faith is now. Notice, I like the way the Bible says, now faith is. Faith is now. Faith is. When is it? It's, it, it's right now. Faith is now. Now faith. Hope is future. And there's a lot of people there, and I've watched them over the years, they try to have faith, they try to have faith, but they never do get into hope. Hope says that I, I, I can have healing, or I can have prosperity, or I can have the promises of God. You have to, you have, to have that hope, that confident expectation, before you can get into what the Bible calls faith. Did, did you hear me? Did, did, did you get that? So you have to, you know, if... if there's so many people that, that they're believing for prosperity, financial prosperity, but if you really get to talking to them, they have no hope of ever being out of debt. Yet they're trying to be in faith to believe God for financial prosperity. Yet when you talk to them, there's no, they, they don't have any confident expectation of a future good. You see, you have to be able to see yourself you know, talking about debt, Talking about healing, it makes no difference. You have to be able to see yourself as healed before you can actually believe that you have it now. You understand that? You have to actually be able to see yourself as debt-free 
before you can believe that you have financial prosperity now. And so you have to, be, you have to uh, uh, build up some confident expectation uh, before you can actually get into what the Bible calls faith. There's, a, there's people that I've seen over the years that they just, you know, they're trying to believe God for finances, but you get to talking with them and they, well, they just don't think they can ever have anything, can ever have nothing, they can't ever have anything. Well, see, there's no hope there and there's nothing then for faith to stand on, you see. So you have to have hope, you see. And then faith is the substance of those things that are hoped for. And then faith, see, if, if you have Bible faith, you have evidence of things not seen. You see... When somebody asks me if I'm healed, I'm going to tell them, according to the Word of God, I am. Now, I might be in the natural. I may have the flu and be throwing up. But if you ask me, I'm going to tell you I'm healed. Why is that? Because according to the Word of God, I'm healed, you see. I have it now. I'm not going to be healed. I'm healed now. Faith is always in the now. I have it now. And that's why the world will look at us and think we're crazy when... Where, you know, see faith, notice what faith does. You can look over at, at the book of Romans sometimes and you can see this. And actually you can just turn over there right now. Romans, we'll go to Romans 4 and look at, uh, let's look at, start in verse 16. Talking about Abraham's faith. He's known as the father of faith. It is faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed and so on. And then verse 17 says, As it is written, God speaking, I've made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead. And notice what faith does. It calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And you do that when there's absolutely no evidence of the thing that you're having faith for. And that's why the world thinks we're crazy. Did you get what I just said? Notice verse 18 says, Contrary to hope or against hope, in hope he believed. Now, let me just tell you this. To have faith and to believe is exactly the same thing. To have faith and to believe is exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. So you need to realize that. If we're talking about believing, what are we talking about? Having faith. If we're talking about having faith, what are we talking about? We're talking about believing. And is it, is it in the head? Is, 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 is this believing we're talking about a mental acceptance of something? Or is it a heart sellout? It's a heart sellout. It's a heart sellout. Do you understand that? It, 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 it's a heart sellout. Okay, when you're in what we call Bible faith, you have first you have what comes first, faith or hope? Hope. What is hope? Is hope future or is hope now? Future. Is it a confident expectation of a future good? That's what that's what hope is. Then what does faith do? Faith says, I have that future good. I have it when? Now. When did God start calling Abraham? Abraham, the father of many nations. Was it before he was the father of many nations or after he became the father of many nations? It was before. See, he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham means the father of a multitude. 
God changed his name. God started calling those things that were not as though they are, you see. Do you understand that? And in the process of time, then Abraham, Abram became Abraham, and then he did become the father of many nations. And notice, it was contrary to hope. Even when the situation looked hopeless, verse 18, what did Abraham do? He believed anyway. Sometimes situation looks hopeless. How many has ever had a situation that looked absolutely hopeless besides me? It looked absolutely hopeless. But you see, if the situation looks hopeless... That's when you have to, in, you, you got to find whatever hope you can and then believe God for that confident, expected good. Notice this, verse 18. He became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Now notice that, according to what was spoken. Now we're going to talk about words here in just a minute, so we'll come back to that. Look at verse 19, though. Since we're here, we just get it now. Being not weak in faith. Did you know you can be strong in faith or you can be weak in faith? Did you know you can be in faith one minute out of it the next? How many of you know Peter was in faith when he walked in on the water, but just as soon as he got his eyes off the word, off Jesus, and on the circumstance, he began to sink, didn't he? So he was in faith one moment and out of it the next. So not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body now dead, nor the deadness of of Sarah's womb. See, faith... When you're in Bible faith, you're not going to consider the negative circumstance. Do you realize that? You don't consider the negative circumstance. Now, please understand this. You don't ignore it either. That's where a lot of times people will criticize this faith message and they'll say that we're ignoring problems. We're ignoring... Like if cancer hits somebody's body, you don't ignore that. Do you understand that? You don't go around saying, I don't have cancer, I don't have cancer, I don't have cancer. That's not faith at all. What do you do? You first of all have to see yourself healed. And then you begin to say, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed when? Now. See, now you're in faith. And you work in cooperation with a good hospital doctor and medicine, you see. But notice... What you don't do, though, is you don't consider the situation. You don't ignore the situation, but you don't consider the situation in that. For example, I'll put it this way. Don't consider the negative situation. Consider the Word of God. Did, did you get what I just said? Don't consider the, you know, the doctors say I have to die. Well, the Word of God says with long life he'll satisfy me. So you have to not consider the negative report. You consider the word of God. Now, you don't ignore the negative report. See, faith does not ignore the problem. Faith deals with the problem. You need to understand that. See, faith does not ignore the the, the stack of bills. Faith deals with the stack of bills. Did did you get what I just said? See, you know, if, if you're in debt, I wouldn't start out by saying, You know, I don't have any bills. I don't have any bills. I don't have any bills. See, that's denial. That's not faith. What you do is you start calling those bills what? Start calling them paid. But with any of these things, like, you know, and here again, these things don't get mentioned as often as they should. If it it comes down to uh, bills, can you just stand there and call your bills paid? Or do you have to do something in the natural? Did you, did you do something in the natural to get those bills there? Then, then you're going to have to do something in the natural to pay them off. 
Right? Is that right? You can't prove supernatural debt cancellation. It's not a Bible doctrine. Did you, did you get what I just said? God only did that a couple of times under, under special circumstances. You can't, you can't believe God to supernaturally cancel your debts. But if you got into debt, then you can educate yourself on the natural things you need to do. And then you can believe God, call those things that be not as though they are, call those bills paid, and then believe God to get you, maybe, maybe he could get you some extra hours to work. Would that be good? Huh? Gets, maybe, maybe God, you know, see, see, oftentimes we're looking for God to, to, to do these what we think super woo things. How about if the boss came in and said, you know, I have this extra side job over here that would pay a certain amount of money. Would you like to do that? Well, yeah, I'll do it, sir, as long as it doesn't interfere with my service to God. If I have to be out of church 17 Sundays in a row, I'll pass up on that. But, huh? You see, what about getting some extra hours to work? See, a lot of the, what you'd consider the famous faith teachers, they might say, well, just call those bills paid and God will supernaturally meet them. Well, you know, he might supernaturally meet them by giving you uh, 10 extra hours a week to work. Is that right? And I'll tell you, if God's in it, it's not going to ultimately rob from your family time. It might take some time away, but you'll be able to make it up to him somewhere else. Do you get what I just said? So faith does not ignore the problem. Faith deals with the problem. And notice verse 30. He did not waver at the promise of God. If you're in Bible faith, you're not going to be wavering. You're not going to be wishy-washy. You're not going to be in, in, you know, in faith one minute and out the next. We need to get in it and stay in it. Remember, James talked about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. See, we have, to, we have to be single-minded on what does the Word of God say, and then we need to stand on it, we need to confess it, we need to act on it, and then we stay until it happens. Can you say amen? amen. Notice he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully, and then you've got to be fully convinced, fully persuaded, fully convinced that what God promised he was able to perform. Now then, that brings us back to the Word of God. Look at Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. Let's go there. Romans 10, 17. <clears throat> now, it'll tell us here how faith comes. And most of, of you know, but in case somebody's forgotten or never heard it before, faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The implication is there you need to hear it more than once. A repeated act of hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, one good minister said it this way, Faith begins where the will of God is known. I like to say it this way, There's no such thing as blind faith. Uh, the reason being is that faith is not blind. Faith is based on what? It's based on the Word of God. Where does faith begin? Where the will of God is known. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, how many of you know when you hear the Word of God, you have the opportunity to be in faith? But remember, when you hear the Word of God, somebody else comes. Who comes immediately? Satan. Satan. And he comes to steal the Word, but remember, he can't steal the Word of God if you won't let him. Did you hear what I just said? I said he can't steal it if you won't let him. The, book, the, the Gospel of Matthew says if you hear the Word of God and you don't consider it, you don't pay attention to it, 
You sit there and you just can't wait till the preacher's done. Well, you're a prime candidate for the devil stealing the word of God from you before you ever get out the door of the sanctuary. But if you'll sit there and hang on every word and, 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 and consider what the, what, what, the, what the preacher's saying, as long as he's teaching the word of God, as you hear that word and you're hanging on every word, you're, you know, and, 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 and you're considering it, you're making every effort to understand what he's saying and, and all of that, what the Bible's saying, then the devil has no right to steal the word from you. Now, once you've done that, once you've made the decision that you're not going to let the devil steal the word of God from you, now you have a decision when you hear the word of God either to believe it or not. Now, if you don't believe it, it's clear the devil's going to steal the word. Is that right? But if you'll believe what you're hearing, the moment, the instant, the instant that you believe God, you are in faith. Now, is faith in your head or is it in your spirit, in your heart? It's in your, it's in your heart. It means you're totally sold out to what the Bible says. That nobody can talk you out of it. Did you hear me? Did you get what I just said? Now, you need to realize this. Once you've heard the word, and once you've made a decision to believe it, you're in faith right there. But did you know that faith, can, you can be in faith and it do you absolutely, positively no good. Did you know that? Do you know that, and I'm going to show you here in just a moment, you can have faith in Jesus and die and go to hell. Oh, yeah. I'll give you scripture here in just a moment. But before I get to it, let me say this to you. The reason that you can have faith in it, do you no good, is because faith can be dead. Look at James 2.17. There's a lot of Christians, they hear the word of God on healing or they hear the word of God on finances or, you know, something along those lines and, and, they, and, and, and they believe it. They believe it. They're in faith. But that faith is dead. Now look at this, James 2.17. He says here, thus also, the Bible says, James here, the Holy Ghost through James, thus also faith by what? By itself, if it does not have works, is what? Is dead. So faith, if it doesn't have corresponding action, is what? It's dead. Uh, let's read this in the Amplified Bible. Faith, if it does not have works... Deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power. It's inoperative and dead. So can you have faith in it? Do you no good? Certainly. People say, well, I'm in faith, but yet they still don't have the promise of God. Why is that? It's because very often times, and most all, well, if they're in faith, it's because they've got dead faith. If you've got Faith that's alive, it's going to be accompanied by words and our actions. Faith does you no good unless you release it. That's the best way I've heard to say that best way you can say it. Faith will do you no good unless you release it. Did you get what I just said? Faith will do you no good unless you release it. Faith will do you no good unless you release it. 
Look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Now, those of you who have been here, most of you have been here a long time, over many years, what's the two ways that you release faith? Through what? Words and or actions. Now, you could never hear this enough. You could never hear this enough. Because this subject is how you access the power of God. This is how you access the healing power of God. This is how you access the, 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 the uh, provision of God. Is right here, this message tonight. 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We believe and therefore speak. See, this is talking about one way to release your faith, and it's through words. Now, look at Mark eleven twenty two. Look at Mark eleven twenty two. I'm just center in here on words for just a moment. Did you know your words are important, aren't they? Doesn't the Bible say, while well, you're turning to Mark eleven twenty two? doesn't the Bible say in the book of Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the what? In the tongue. Is that right? Death and life are where? In the power of the? Power of the tongue. That's Proverbs 18.21. But let's look at Mark 11.22. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Or you could read that, Have the God kind of faith. Now let's see how the God kind of faith operates. Jesus told us to have, this, have the God kind of faith. We already noted that God calls those things that be not as though they were, though they are. So now look at verse 23. Surely I say to you, whoever, whoever what? Whoever says... Now, here's how the God kind of faith operates. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt where? In his heart, but believes where? where do, I mean, it doesn't say in his heart, but where is the, the inference is does not doubt in his heart. So if you're not doubting in your heart, you're going to be believing where? In your heart. So does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And you know this works in a negative just as well as in a positive. You understand, You need to understand that. That's why you've got, you need to get death out of your vocabulary. People that say, I, I just know I'm going to die young. I just know I'm going to die young. I just know I'm going to die young. Again and again, you see those people dying young. Why, why is that? Because you see the truth of Mark eleven twenty three. Get sickness and disease out of your vocabulary. Don't, don't, don't talk sickness and disease. Again and again, I hear Christians that, 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 that know better. They'll, they'll, I hear them again and again going around and say, well, I'm just, I'm just so sick and tired. And then I, and I, I've got to the point I don't call people on it anymore because there's just so many folks that over the many years that, you know, it, I don't want to come across like I'm correcting people. But if you really believe this verse, you wouldn't call yourself sick. You wouldn't call yourself broke. You wouldn't call yourself dead young. Amen? Yeah, but do I go around lying to people? If, if, if the doctor said that I have cancer and somebody asked me, do I have cancer? What I, here's what I'd say. The doctor says I have cancer. And according to his report, perhaps I do. But the Bible says, by his stripes, I'm healed. Did you get what I just said? According to the doctor, I do. And that may well be so. But according to the Bible, I'm healed. And call yourself healed. 
Do you go around saying, I don't have cancer, I don't have cancer? Is that what you do? No, you go around saying, by Jesus' stripes, I'm what? It's all the difference in the world. Calls those things that be not as though they were. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. Oh, dear friends, Jesus said it. It's so important that you get a hold of this. If, if, if I thought it would do any good, I'd get down on my knees and beg you to meditate on this verse right here and put it into practice. Don't be slack on this verse. This verse right here can put you in the grave early. Yeah, but I'd die and go to heaven. I'm a Christian. I understand that. But why do you, don't you want to live your days out? So let's talk, let's talk life. Let's talk with long life. He'll satisfy me. Is that right? How many of you believe this? It's a Bible, isn't it? You believe it? You believe it or not? Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Now, back to that person who has faith in Jesus and could go to hell. Let, let me give you proof on that. <laughs> Romans 10.13. Let's go there. Romans 10.13. Quickly, Romans 10.13. Is this helping you at all tonight? Okay. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How shall they call in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Let's back this up. Let's start at the end of verse 14 and go backwards. If we start at the end of verse 14 and work our way back up, look at verse 13. Where do we end up? Calling on the name of the Lord and being what? Being saved, okay? But let's start at the end of verse 14 and back up. We're looking for three words. We're looking for the hearing part. We're looking for the uh, believing part. And we're looking for the speaking part, okay? And where do we wind up if we do those three? We wind up saved, don't we? So let's start at the end of verse 14 as you work. Preacher A, let's see, preacher A without, what's the first word we come to? Hearing. Hearing. And then as we work our way back up, whom they have not, we see that word heard, don't we? You see, so so what comes first? You're hearing. What is faith based on? It's based on hearing the word of God, right? So you have to hear about Jesus first, don't you? And then what comes next? Uh, and how shall they be- Oh, the next thing you hear and then what happens? You believe. When you believe, is that the same way as saying you're in faith? Yes. yes. So, so you first have to hear the gospel of Jesus. And then what happens? You have to believe it. Where? In your head or your heart? In your heart. And then the last thing, what happens? You see the word call. Don't you? That's speaking, isn't it? And then if you go up one verse to verse 13, whoever what? Calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But where did that start? That started, that started with hearing the gospel and then what? Believing it. And then you have to what? You have to call on the name of the Lord. And then you're saved. Now, look at verse 9. Look at Romans 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe where? In your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be what? You'll be saved. So, so where does this faith process start? It starts with what? With hearing the word, doesn't it? And then what happens next? There has to be a believing in your heart. 
And then what happens? There has to be a confession with your mouth. Do you understand that? Now, years ago when I studied this, I I felt that that the Lord pointed something out to me. And the thing he pointed out to me was this. You know, how is faith released? It's released, released with what? Words and or actions. Now, you see words in here, but you don't see any actions. Well, as it pertains to salvation, there's no action we can take. Except believing in our heart and what? Speaking with our mouth. The Bible says, and we won't look all these up for the sake of time, but not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. For by grace, Ephesians 2 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Romans 3 says that by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. So how does somebody get saved? They have to hear the good news of Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. They have to believe it in their, where? Heart. And then they have to confess him with their mouth. When they confess him with their mouth, what's happening? They're releasing their faith. And then it's not dead, but it's operative. It's active and it it takes You know what I mean? By takes, it takes, and they get saved. Now look at John 12, 42. Let's look at some people who believed in Jesus, but they refused to confess Him. Look at John 12, 42. Look at this. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed. Well, they heard Jesus Himself preaching, didn't they? He's the Word made flesh. They heard the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Did these people hear the Word of God? Yes. Did they believe? Well, sure they did because the Bible just said they did. They believed in Him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not what? They did not confess Him lest they should be put out of the synagogue for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now here you have a group of people that heard Jesus with their own ears. They believed in Him, but they refused to confess Him. Now according to Romans 10 and 9, did they get saved? They didn't get saved. Now, now come on now, are you listening? Did they get saved or didn't they? They didn't. Why? Because they refused to confess Him. They refused to release their faith. Now, there's nothing you can do. Do you understand that there's nothing you can do? There's no action that you can release your faith in to get saved. Do you realize that? You can't be good enough. You can't get baptized enough. You can't get dunked under the water enough. You can't give enough money. You can't attend church enough. There's nothing you can do in the natural actions to release your faith to get saved. Is that right? The only thing you can do to release your faith to get saved is to release your faith with your what? With your with your mouth, with your words. Is that right? So is it possible then to believe, to hear the gospel... Have faith, but have it be dead. Well, sure, because the Bible says you can have dead faith. If you won't release it, we just showed you in the Bible, there's a group of people that they heard, they believed, but they wouldn't confess Him. So it's possible that they had faith in Jesus and they missed it, didn't they? Somebody asked me one time, they said, well, what if somebody's vocal cords were cut? 
and they wanted to confess him, but they just couldn't. The Bible says the God of this earth will do right. Don't you know God's bigger than that? Huh? Somebody like that would be saved. You understand? My goodness. But the point is, is that you have, for your faith to take, it has to be what? It has to be released. You know what I mean by take? I've seen so many people. Believe in God, believe in God, believe in God, and stay in sick, stay in sick, stay in sick, stay in sick. Somewhere doesn't the rubber need to hit the road? Somewhere doesn't there need to be contact? Remember those old propeller planes? They used to, the one guy would be out there and he'd yank that propeller and they'd say, Contact! And then they'd hit the switch and boom, 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 boom. Remember, how many remembers that, those old cartoons? Somewhere our faith needs to take. And we need to be practicing on these minor situations. Let's face it, if we can't believe God and get healed of a cold or, or, or the flu or something like that, what's going to happen if something life-threatening hits our body? I hear the Spirit of God saying this again and again and again, and, 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 and I'm going to just say it out here tonight, and it needs to be said. You know, you know we need to be practicing on these, on these lesser things. If we can't make contact on a cold or a... And he's speaking to me as much as anybody else. Listen, if we can't make contact on a cold and get healed of a cold, what's going to happen if we get the doctor says you've got six months to live? That's why we need to be feeding ourselves with the Word of God. And we need to be in the Word of God a little bit every day, don't we? And we need to be calling ourselves healed and and confessing these things ahead of time. Is that right? There's too many people wait till the devil's knocking on the door. And then it's, you know, it, it can be done, but it's so much harder if we get ready ahead of time. Did you hear me? Um... Look at Acts 14.8. We'll look at this in the area of healing. Acts 14.8. Certain man in Lystra. Acts 14.8. Lystra, certain man without strength in his feet, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. So Paul was preaching the word. This guy heard the word. How does faith come? It comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing he had what? He had faith to be healed. Is he still just as crippled as he ever was? So this man, did he hear the word of God? Did he believe it or did he have faith? Yes. Is he still just as crippled as he ever was? Oh yeah. Still just as crippled as he ever was. And then Paul said with a loud voice. Why do you think Paul used a loud voice when he said, stand up straight on your feet? He was trying to get this guy to do what? To release his faith. And it worked, didn't it? And he leaped and walked. point I'm trying to get you to here is I think there's a lot of folks, Christians, they've heard the word, they believe the word of God, they're in faith all right, but it, it, it lays dormant, it's dead and that's why contact isn't being made. We've got to uh, release our faith. How do you do it? With words and or actions. Is that right? And then once we get in faith, we don't need to be wishy-washy. We need to get in there and we need to stay there. 
Can you be weak in faith? Well, Abraham was until he made a decision that he wasn't going to be anymore and he wasn't going to be wishy-washy and he wasn't going to consider the circumstance, but he was going to be strong. He's going to stay till the devil leaves. You know what I mean? He's going to stay until the promise manifests, however long that takes. Okay? Remember the ten lepers that came to Jesus? He said, go show yourself to the priests. And the Bible said, as they went, they were cleansed. Remember that? The woman with the issue of blood, she heard of Jesus. She came in the press behind, for she said, if I may, what? Touch but his clothes, I shall be healed. So she heard. She, she, she was sick, wasn't she? And she heard of Jesus. She heard the word. Did she believe? Well, sure she did. How do we know that? Later on, he says, your faith made you well. How many remembers that? But what did she do? She released her faith with her words and her actions. She said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. One version of that says she said it under her breath. She said it to herself. We ought to be speaking the uh, faith, talking faith, words of God, just under our breath, within ourselves, all the time. You hear me? You ought to go read that story of, of the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In one of the versions, it said, the trans, uh, uh, gospel account, said she said it like she was muttering it to herself. If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And then she not only released her faith with her words, but she reached out and she touched. Reach out and touch someone. Well, she reached out and touched Jesus, didn't she? And she touched him in faith. Is that right? And was there contact? Yeah, because he felt power go out of him and into her. Is that right? And was she healed? Yeah. Now, what if she'd have heard about him and stayed home? Well, she'd have had faith, but it would have been dead. Is that right? Now, uh, I'll close here. I'll close by saying this to you. I, I, uh, let's look at um, Hebrews 11. And we'll talk about, because I seldom do this. I seldom talk about offerings and that, that kind of thing because I don't want to get grouped with the, with the, they call themselves prosperity preachers. How many of you know I'm a prosperity preacher? I am. I just believe we need to look at prosperity in line with the Word of God. And we don't need to be promising people things outside the Word of God to get them to give their money under what's called a hundredfold anointing. And there is no such thing. That kind of stuff. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? It, 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 people say, well, that hundredfold anointing. Ooh, I feel that. Ooh, ooh. It's, if you call in, it'll be working up till midnight. Now, come on, friends. They're just trying to bilk you out of your money. You you got sense enough to know that, don't you? Huh? How many of you got sense enough to know that? All right. Jesus said that if we, you know, if we'd give or whatnot, he, he, a hundredfold was a figure of speech. He said many times more. That could be more than a hundred in some cases, couldn't it? In some cases less. Many times more. Okay? Do you understand? Brother Hagin threw those guys a, a curve that time when he said, the Lord said to him, nobody's ever received a hundredfold in all they're giving. And when he said that, I was saying, Amen, praise God. Just think about it. If everybody received a hundredfold in all their giving, the economy would be exhausted. Do a little math. I'm an old math teacher. If everybody received a hundredfold in all their giving, in the process, you'd exhaust. You just take three or four people, give $1,000, and you start a hundredfold in that, eventually there'd be no money left. He wasn't talking about a hundred 
time, he was talking about real loud, say many times more. And in some cases, that could be more than 100. In some cases, it might be three times more, five times more, but it's going to be more. And sometimes, if you really study what Jesus set out, it could be on this side of the grave, and some of our return won't come until we're standing at the judgment seat of Christ. And actually, it's a better deal to get it there, even though Jesus said we'd receive now and this time. Certainly, thank God for that. But anything we receive back on our given now and this time is just temporal anyway, isn't it? But anything we receive at the judgment seat is going to be eternal, isn't it? How many of you know it would be better to get something at the judgment seat than, than here? But you can get it at both places. I'd just rather get it at the judgment seat because that's eternal. But, but what I'm trying to tell you is don't be duped by people that promise you things outside the Word of God. So that's why I don't say more about offerings than I do. But you know whenever you tithe, you ought to tithe in faith. How many of you know you should? You shouldn't just be clunking that in a bucket. You just clunk it in a bucket. What, you, you've just done a natural thing. You study the Bible out. When you tithe and give offerings, you ought to speak over it. That's why we pray over the tithes and the offerings. We release it to God. We release it not only in the natural realm. Actually, we release it in the spirit realm first, then in the natural realm. The Bible says here men who receive tithe, men who die receive tithe. Natural men receive but there he receives them. How many of you know if, if you tithe in line with the word of God, Jesus will receive your tithe up in heaven in the spirit realm. Did you know that? You can read that in the book of Hebrews. So don't ever just clunk money in a bucket. Be sure it gets prayed over before you release it. That's why we pray over the tithes and offerings before we receive them, you see. Amen. And you need to, need to, you need to be praying in faith. Believe in God. What do we, what do we believe in God for? Well, what did he say? The tither, that he'd open the windows of heaven and do what? Pour them out a blessing. We ought to be believing for that. Is that right? Uh, give and it'll be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running. Look, we ought to be believing that. Is that right? But the reason we, what's the motive behind it though? Is it so we can have big homes and big cars and, or is it so that we can live nice? Sure, sure, surely. But it really, the motive is not so we can heap it upon ourselves, but so that we can bless somebody else. Is that right? Can you say amen to that? Now notice here in Hebrews 11.4, Hebrews 11.4, now notice Abel, it says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and, and through it, he being dead still speaks. But the point I want you to get here is when Abel, remember back in the book of Genesis, Abel brought an offering to God, and so did his brother Cain. Now, why was Abel's offering more excellent? Well, there's things we can say about it, but the thing I want you to get here is that Abel's was more excellent because he offered his how? In faith. In faith. I think one reason that Christians don't receive back on their given as they should is that it's so easy to get into a mechanical process of just clunking your money in the bucket. Don't just clunk your money in the bucket. You know what I mean by that? Let, let, let's pray over it. Let's believe God and release it. You, you know, release it in faith. Believe in God that your needs are going to be met and not only met, but abundantly so. Is that right? So that you'll have your needs met. You'll have some left over to save. How many of you know we ought to save? How many of you know we ought to have storehouses? Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? Because God will bless. He'll command a blessing on the what? On the storehouse. 
If I were you, if you don't have a savings account or, or, or a money market account, just get one, put a dollar in it. Then you'll have something for God to command a blessing on. Amen? That'd be a good place to start, wouldn't it? But when you, you know, bring your tithes and offerings and offer them in faith to God. You understand that? And, and, and release, how do you release your faith over an offering? Well, first of all, when you're releasing your faith, just by bringing it is releasing your faith. Is that right? Just when you turn it loose, when I say clunk it in the bucket, what I mean, don't be mechanical in it. If you just clunking it in the bucket, that's not releasing it by faith. Release it, believe in God. You understand? In faith, release it in faith. You get what I'm saying? And then, and then pray over it, pray over it, pray over it. That's why we pray. The reason I pray over it is I'm doing the best I can in case somebody came with it and they didn't pray over it before they got here. I'm doing my best as a pastor to cover you. Amen. But you really ought to pray over it yourself before you get here. And then we'll pray over it again and be in agreement. Amen. What are we believing for? That all of our needs are what? Met, not only met, but abundantly met. Abundantly met. Amen. What's the motive? So we can be a blessing. We have money in the bank and we can be a blessing to others. Is that right? Now we'll close in Genesis 4. Go over there. Did you get anything out of this tonight? I know many of you have heard this before, but you need to hear it again and again and again. You can never hear this too much. Now, Adam knew his wife Eve, Genesis 4.1. And she conceived and bore Cain, and, and she said, I've received a man, acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought... Now, notice, Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought... Now, notice this. This is the difference here now. Abel brought of the what? The firstborn of his flock and of their what? That means he brought the what? The first and the best. Now why was Abel's offering more excellent than Cain's? Well, he did it in faith, but now you can see a little more. Abel brought the what? The first and the best. Evidently, Cain didn't do that. Did you know it takes faith to bring the first and the best to God and to release it? The flesh doesn't want to do that. The flesh wants to hold on to it and give God... The, the flesh wants to hold on to the, to the best part and give God what's left over, the junk. That's why when we receive stuff around here to give to the poor, I'll tell people, you know, if we're receiving clothes, don't bring your old junk clothes. And maybe you might want to go out to, to Macy's and buy yourself something really, buy something really nice and bring it and give it away to the poor. You know, you know how you can really get God's attention? <clears throat> he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay him again. That's a good deal, isn't it? Uh, but, but it takes faith to bring the first and the best. Now, where did Abel hear the message of... This is tithing. We've got tithing written all over it. Where did Abel hear this message of tithing? I believe he heard it from Adam. Did Adam teach... Did God teach Adam to tithe? Sure he did. He said, of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you not eat, eat of it. Was there one that Adam couldn't have? That was God's the principle of tithing, isn't it? 
And you see it all through. Did you remember when, when they went in and took Jericho? Didn't God say you can have all the other cities but that first one? Don't, 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 don't take any of that. Did Achan take some? And then, and then, and then the, 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 when they came up against Ai, which was a little bitty teeny city compared to Jericho, uh, the, the Israelites fell before them. Well, how come they beat that big city and they couldn't, come, they couldn't, they couldn't win in this, against this little deal? Because they, 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 had, they had, hadn't tithed. Do you hear me? Tithing is, is, is a big issue. I tell you what, you know, this money thing, if God can't trust you with money, how can he trust you with the true riches, the power of God? So you see, what do we learn here? Abel learned the principle of the uh, tithe, and so did Cain. I believe Adam taught it to both his sons. But the one of them offered in faith and the other didn't. Can't you see now why Abel was able to bring the best? You see why Abel was able? He was able to bring the first and the best. Why? Because he had faith. He brought the first and he brought the best. And then the Bible said that the Lord respected his offering. Now, does the Bible say God is no respecter of persons? Yes. He's no respecter of persons, but you need to remember this. He is a respecter of faith. You understand that? And a lot of times you'll see people grumbling and complaining because so-and-so's blessed, so-and-so's more blessed than me. So, Well, let's look at what so-and-so did and let's look at what you did. Does God love so-and-so more than you? No, he's no respecter of persons. But if so-and-so has been a tither and they've been faithful to the house of God and they've served in the house of God and they've walked in love and they, they've operated the principles of faith and, and you haven't, God will respect that person's faith. If you read this story, God would have... He, he said, I'll, I'd, I'd receive your offering too, Cain, but if you do what you're supposed to do. See, Abel offered his in faith, Cain didn't. So Abel heard evidently from what Adam taught him, what Adam got off God, and then he believed it and then he did something. He came and he brought his first and his best, he released his faith, and God honored it, respected it, and he made the Hall of Fame of faith, didn't he? So let me see if you got anything tonight and then we'll go home. Where does faith begin? Where does it begin? It begins by what? Hearing. By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When you hear the Word of God, does the devil have the right to come and steal it? He has the right, but can you keep him from stealing it? Uh, how do you keep him from stealing it? By considering the Word and studying it, keeping it before you. Is that right? Now, once you have faith, can you have fa dead faith? Yeah, because that faith has to be released through what? Through words and or actions. Okay? So if we'll hear the word of God, if we'll believe it, have faith, you know, release it, then it's got to work. And we'll contact the power of God and it'll bring about soundness, wholeness in every area of your life. Well, praise God. Ushers come. And uh, if you need an envelope, raise your hand real high. Ushers will get you one.